0: Let me tell you where I got this idea from. I'm actually, with my team, we're planning a professional development, kind of like networking event Mm -hmm. in in a couple of months. And we did the same event last year. It was the first inaugural. Love that word, inaugural. (laughs) And it was super dope. It was like, Pretty intimate setting, about like 60, 75 people. Um, and it was just women in sports. And so we just brought like some heavy hitters from uh, sports and entertainment and just got them up on a panel. And then we brought in some people to some professional, like sports journalists, some people who are great at asking questions and just had like a fireside chat, just a discussion. And just, they talked about all kinds of stuff, like their career paths. They were talking about like how they made it to where they're at, where they came from, trends that they see developing in the industry, um, things that they would love to to work on, like where we got to go next in order to keep growing sports in our country, how to give more women more opportunities. Like they just covered like a whole bunch of stuff, but it was short. And then after that event, we um, had like a networking in like this big, sweet at a soccer match it was dope uh a real like experience that you're not really going to get from just going to a normal conference Conference. at like a hotel in a ballroom type of thing so we're running it back this year in an expanded version and I was just thinking of like you know for me I'm trying to I'm trying to market this thing and I'm trying to spread the good news about you know what we're doing and it got me thinking about it like Yes, this is women in sports, but damn it, like, I took away so much from it. I almost feel like it should be, we should be marketing this for absolutely everybody. Just ha- like, it's just the panelists happen to be women and they're killers. Like, I wish there was more men in there with me at the time to like, take it in. Like, yeah, I'm talking about executives. I'm talking about coaches. Um people who are on TV for a living, like it was sick. It was good. So I think there's a lot of value to be taken out of those, those experiences, those moments, those events, where you get like a like a heavy concentration of like high quality people in one room at the same time. Like yeah. that's, that's when inspiration happens. That's when you meet dope people, you accelerate, like you start thinking bigger like things that you used to limit you, you're just you meet people and they're like, oh, oh, you still worry about that? Oh, forget about that. Or they're like, oh, have you tried this? Oh, let me connect you with that person. And just like getting in those rooms with the right people can be a absolute game changer. Yeah, I feel like
1: because you're, I feel like I I believe that Ooh, <laughs> he said it with conviction. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta up the, up the level there. But I believe that when you put yourself around diverse people from uh, a good crop of people actually that are di- with diverse in thinking like for example you're talking about uh, women in sports with that are in executive roles or in higher up roles like coming from a guy I, I when I was younger I never looked at women as like the pinnacle of sports I always kind of laughed at girls playing sports like when i seen the girls basketball team i'm like what are these guys doing no way scared of the basketball or something well as i got older your team
0: team probably sucked because yeah they were terrible they were very terrible i have to tell you in my high school i'm sorry i completely hijacked but yo in my high school the best athlete in my high school at the time was arguably a girl no it was a girl yeah like the top so well we you know athletes. we went to the same school right different so, different, different definitely years, a though. different era because- different years yo we had a girl who ran for team canada cross country and she came like 12th in the entire globe oh yeah her I name didn't is get kate, to meet her kate van busker her face is probably still up there yo yeah, she ran yeah. She, yeah she's a killer and and uh my home girl denisha I watched her and another, matter of fact, there was two different girls in our high school who dropped 50 in a basketball game. Ooh. Two different teams, yes. That's crazy. So, now, okay, no I can slander. No I can def- Yeah, no slander.
1: You cut me off. You didn't let me finish. I'm now, sorry. I can definitely mention a handful of women who were very, very good at their sport. Very superb. I remember even Rachel Mahoda, who's like really, really good at soccer and flag football. And like she was, she went on to play professional soccer. Um, did she yeah yeah she a mom now but she still got it like she still plays i still see her post sometimes that she's still trying to get back into it now so when i went to university now oh man i seen i seen women athletes that were killing it like top of the game but when i was younger in high school i was just like yo these guys look like they're scared of the ball they don't want to run they're like too worried about their you know their makeup or whatever that was my perception but when you now get into a diverse group of people, like for example, when I went to university, and now I'm seeing high-level athletes who are women. My mindset is completely changed. So I feel like when you when you put yourself in that situation with an open mindset, you're you're gonna be exposed to a different perspective because the way women train is different from how men train. I feel like women are kind of a little bit more. Um, They're more meticulous, more, yeah, more coachable, (laughs) more meticulous. Like, I feel like guys are just like, I just got me. And like,
0: I just got to lift more weights. Listen, (laughs) listen, I have a a great friend who Mm -hmm. also happens to be like a sports scientist. And he's an elite trainer for guys who are in the NHL. And he posts a lot of research because he gets to work hands on with a lot of uh, real at like superior elite, top tier, top flight athletes, men and women. And some of the research that he was doing, he found and he published like through one of these social networks I follow him on, it said that for me to train a new motor pattern and a motor pattern is just like a way of movement, right? Like maybe a jump shot has a certain motor pattern, a slap shot, you know, um, a backflip, whatever, to train that new motor pattern takes about 300 reps, Okay, like three hundred reps performed correctly with the correct technique from zero with no no previous attempts. Okay, but to reprogram a motor pattern that was done incorrectly, so you got an ugly ass jump shot and then you come see the coach and you gotta fix that. It takes about three thousand. Jeez. Proper X. So it's like 10 times harder to reprogram something that you learned the wrong way. And and that's not just saying you can shoot 3000 jump shots and all of a sudden have a better jump shot. It means like, okay, if your elbow is flaring way out when you shoot, you're going to have to put your elbow in, shoot and feel that 3000 times. And then you work on the wrist and then you work on the follow through. And then you look at you know, your feet on all that. So you, it takes a lot more reps to reprogram some stuff. And that's why a lot of, um, a lot of female athletes tend to be very technical and great is because shoot, some of them, they get a great coach young and they just listen. Yeah. And then they and then they learn it, they learn it not easier, but they give themselves a path of less resistance because they just freaking paid attention when the coach is talking to them instead of thinking, oh, I would rather actually try and dunk. Like, yo, you're not going to dunk. Or <laughs> how many times I was on the fast break and I tried to dunk and my coach was screaming at me, two points is two points. Yeah. Just you just know lost the saying? windmill. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad that I tried to dunk though, because I could have went down the path of basketball. I mean, you probably wouldn't be here right now because I'm only six feet tall, but um, The whole point is that like, I think obviously um, it's kind of like the discussion about like Canadian athletes and American athletes. It's just the opportunity that the athlete has based on where they're at. Like yeah. you could be man, woman, you could be Canadian, American. If you see people who are successful and those people remind you of yourself, then you think that you can do those things that they do. And then having somebody who is one or many steps ahead of you, who also fits that mold, who can be like, hey, go here, do this, try that, use this, that's going to accelerate that trial and error. And that's going to help you avoid taking those those reps with bad form. So you have less uh, habits to break when you're getting on track and when you're really building that muscle, whatever that muscle is. And like this conference that we were we, we built, it's not even about the athletes. This is all outside the lines. So yeah, yeah, like, I mean, many people who work in sports played sports because that's where they develop their love for the game. But I'm talking about like broadcast executives. I'm talking about people who are, um, you know, talking on a camera, like on-screen talent. I'm talking about people who write, people who coach, people who are operations staff, people who are in marketing, people who are in sales. And all of this is related to... The game, or like sports and entertainment and and for me, I feel like it's an exciting time in sports and entertainment, especially people like Messi come to America to play soccer all of a sudden, people are paying attention to soccer, yeah, you know, you just had the women's World Cup popping off they're in like heading into the round of sixteen um at the time when we're recording this that's that's a whole wave um uh, the Yo, World Cup is coming a... here in twenty six I heard there was a Jamaican team that didn't even... Ha- they had to
1: start a GoFundMe
0: just one to get the- them
1: to their tournament.
0: Yeah, I think one of the girls on the team had a
1: GoFundMe. Oh, Fund just
0: Me. one. Okay, okay. I thought it was the whole team. I was like, damn. I mean, nonetheless, like, it's it's mad. Well, you look at... And, and that's just another thing about opportunity. Like, if they were doing a GoFundMe to get to that tournament, that that just goes to show you what the funding for that national team is like. Because those are whole other politics and yeah. other other systems. Like... If you play for your country, it's not the same in every country. Like some countries, yeah, really. the the national teams have sponsorship deals with big brands who will pay them X amount of money, and if they win, they get bonuses and they get all this kind of stuff. Like I feel like, I don't know this for sure, but I remember when it was the Men's World Cup in 2023, I'm pretty sure that Saudi Arabia like since they won a game or something like that, the guys, the guys on the team, everybody was about to get like a Mercedes Benz or something, just like something insane, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not all set up the same. It's like each country wants to prioritize what's important to them. Yeah, and then, you know, you're you dedicate as much effort to your craft as what they're giving you back allows, and and what you're able to withstand. Like some athletes are broke because the sport that they love uh, can't provide them a living wage. And they, that's why they get into the business side of it, because then you can actually still be around the game, but you can earn uh, a suitable income. So like all of those things and those challenges is stuff that it's all about. It's about, you know, how do you grow the game to the point where maybe the athletes can have a sustainable lifestyle competing for their country, or maybe you have enough fans going to games that you could support like a domestic soccer league or like, a women's basketball team in Canada. Cause I feel like that would be dope. WNBA came to Toronto and played a game and it sold out in like a couple hours, not even.
1: That's, that's very cool.
0: You know, you're very
1: passionate about the sports business. I love seeing the same passion that you had on the field. Now transition into the, into the business office for, for sports and entertainment. That's really dope. Uh, I think t- today's topic uh, goes without saying, we're talking about great people. And in order for you to be, uh, to elevate in your game, you got to get around great people. And I remember when I first got into football, I uh, played for the local team here, the city team here in Brampton, uh, Ontario, shout out to the Bulldogs. And I remember I wanted to play high school football and my cousin Robinson, uh, shout out to Robinson, Robin hood. He, he, he was like, yo, you gotta meet somebody. He's really good at the sport uh, he's, ta- he's you know one of the top guys in peel. And I remember thinking like, okay, yo, that would be so dope. So the first time I met Courtney was, I don't know if you don't, I don't know if you remember this actually it might not be the first time. Cause I think I met you at the one of the some, couple of the games. Yeah. I met you at a couple of the games as you came out to just cheer out the team and two, two stories real quick. The first one, I'm on the field, getting ready. You come up to me. You're like, yo, who's the best guy on the team? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, it's our, it's our running back, Julius. Like, he's one of the best. He's like, no, you're the best on the team. You're the best on the team because if you're on the team. I remember just going in. I'm like, all right, I'm the best on the team. I'm the best. I just got so avid. So that's one of my first stories that I remember that you told me. And then after in the summertime, we linked up to work out. And you gave me one of the best advice that I, I, I even hold now to till to today you're like, don't train like the guys who are around you. You're like, don't train like some high school guys because you, you guys are all on the same level. He's like, yo, you got to train like the guys who you want to beat. And if you want to go play at the college level, you got to be better than the guys that are in the college level because you're going to be competing against those guys. And so I'll never forget this. Me and Courtney, we started doing drills. This guy's doing drills at like 120%. He's been, he knows these drills inside out. I'm doing the drills. I'm still learning, but I'm trying my best. So now after everything, I'm gassed. I'm breathing. Chest just burning. He's like, all right, yo, full field gassers right now. i like... (laughs) Okay, this guy's cooked. Yo, I I kid you not. I remember looking down ready to do my gasers. I this guy says go. I turn up. This guy's halfway across the field. I'm still still gearing up trying to get into fourth gear. There's gas coming out of me cuz I'm just my engine's not getting up there. And that was the moment where I realized though. I was like, "Okay, there's a level that I need to reach if I want to compete at the next level." And it just it, it gave me a It gave me fuel that I wouldn't have gotten if I was training with other high school kids, if I was training with other high school talent. um, I wouldn't have had that fuel because I saw the gap. And I'm like, yo, okay, this is the gap that I need to close because this is how bands are competing on the other level. Now you take that from football, you take that into the office, you take that into business. Now I'm listening to podcasts, I'm um, studying business leaders, and people are talking about, yo, I I sold a $10 million business. My business makes X amount of revenue it's opening my mind and my eyes to what's a, what's possible and what's out there. And I'm like, yo, it, it's not about like making this small goal. It's about this is possible. These goals are attainable and here's how to get to it. So I really love that about when you get around great people, people who are excelling at a high level. It, it, instead of being jealous and being like, oh, they're lucky and, you know, they were born with a silver spoon or they got some extra talents or whatever, it's really all about actually you know, asking the question, how did they do it? Because there's some gem there that can help you get to the next level.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I still to this day feel like it, the people who are in the place that you want to get to have the keys, and that's the whole point of getting in these rooms. Like you talked about, oh, I sold a $10 million business. I'm, I'm still heart broke off of the fact that like businesses that I started that I didn't back in the day have the, you know, just the audacity to push through and figure those out. Because I look back at knowing what I know now, I'm like, oh, we could have really did that at an even higher level. Like we did good, but we could have been elite and we could have built something crazy, but you know what? Like, now I'm in rooms with those folks who got crazy or what what before used to feel like astronomical success, and it seems like way more attainable. I feel like as a young kid who wants to you know grow up and do I want to play pro football or I want to be a doctor, or I want to be an astronaut. my my son the other day said the craziest thing. he's like, "Daddy, I want to go to outer space." I'm like, man, you gotta be an astronaut to do that, you know. You gotta learn how to fly a spaceship. He's like, so, yo, buy a spaceship.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's go. just like,
0: it's like to a degree, you have to be a little naive, yeah, to, to have to to have serious goals and go get them because all the people who don't have that same level of confidence will give you every reason in the world not to make it, and you won't even be able to conceive inside of your little box of what we call reality. Like, what does a $10 million business look like to sell it? People sell businesses for far, far, far more than $10 million. So for some people, $10 million is not worth getting out of bed. But then, you know, you start in your t-shirt company, you're looking at like 10000 Like 10000 is a mountain to climb. So it's like getting into the rooms where the norm is just so far above your head that you ain't got no choice but to rise up. That's the whole cool point of going where the great people are. It's just like, if, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And that's one of those ones that like people's parents tell them, but it really they say it is cliche because it's true. I heard it on a podcast today. It's a cliche because it's true. Like these these parents were trying to tell us something you hang out with with four broke people. You will be the fifth. If you find your way into a room where you're the dumbest person in the room, you're definitely going to learn something. And so that's why I love conferences. I mean, I went to a conference probably I want to say like 2018, maybe mm. like maybe about like a good five years ago. And I made maybe four or five like solid connections. And those people that I connected with to this day, I stay in touch with them. And like they, I feel like they've upped my game permanently because now my my circle, the average, the average success and the average drive level and the average standard of living that we want for ourselves is just a little bit higher because there's some outliers in the group now, you yeah. know. Like a few of us were like on like sixteen level seventeen, and then we brought in a couple like fifty fives and sixty fives, and that just averaged everything up. Like I'm talking about people who are like, man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go speak at a conference this year, and then the other people are like, yeah, I'm gonna go speak in Europe, and I'm gonna go on tour this year. And you're like, damn. And I'm I'm over here trying to speak at a high school. Well, I definitely know I can go speak at a high school. If he's gonna go to Europe, I could go speak at a high school. Damn it. Like yeah. you know, they just pull you about your comfort zone. By the by the sheer audacity that they have of their goals. And that's why I like going to these kinds of events, man.
1: Yeah, I love conferences. Well, I I went to a conference, I think around the exact same time that you mentioned, like 2018, 2017. It was in Dallas, Texas. Um, and it was for it was for like uh church leadership. And it was, it was an amazing time. I got to talk to a lot of leaders. I was, I was. I was one of the youngest ones there. So it was actually like a good opportunity for me because when you're young and you're hungry, people see that. And, and a lot of people are willing to pour into you because they, they know like, I was in that, I was in your shoes when I was at that age. And they're, And really it's all about asking those questions and stepping outside of your comfort zone. For me, it's tough. I, I wish I took a uh, better advantage of these conferences and and made those long, uh, long-term connections. Like I talked to people, I got some, you know, information and stuff like that, but I didn't build any connections like to, so that I could take it back with me and kind of build on those relationships. Um, it's a little tough for me because I, I don't know if you noticed, know but I got a little bit of, of social anxiety. Sometimes I'd be overthinking things, especially when I'm talking to when I'm, I want to talk to a stranger or somebody who I feel like is on the, another level than me. I get, I'm like, overthink the process and I'll be like, Oh, they don't have time for me. They don't want to talk to somebody that's on my level. But every time that I've actually gone and did it where I was like, okay, yo, shut up, you shut up. You just scared. Yeah, that guy is scared. All right, yo, I give myself like a little alter ego, maybe like Time Jimmy, as they used to call me. I'll mm. be like, all right, Prime Time's going to go talk. And then I go talk to the person and like, they're always like nine times out of 10, they're ready and willing to talk to you. They just yeah. either need a, a time if they don't have it right then, or they're like, yeah, I give you five, 10 minutes. Uh, what do you need to know? What do you want to talk about? And I just realized that overthinking and having like a little bit of social anxiety is really just a fear that you got to overcome if you want to be able to tap into some of the minds of these great people
0: yeah it's just something that you just that you feel before you actually do it and then you do it enough times you realize that all these people like it's they have something that they feel that way about too Mm -hmm. you know and so for me in the back of my mind i'm just like i know as a fact i can catch better than this person it don't matter like, you know what I mean? And, and it, and in this situation, it doesn't help me, but it's just a thing to, to humble the situation and let me know that like everybody put their pants on two feet at a time, but also, or two feet at a time, who puts their feet on their pants on two feet at a time? Do you know that's anybody? Wild. Do you know anybody? Maybe my kids, but I'm helping them. No, but that's funny. <laughs> they put their pants on one foot at a time. What I was going to say is so, um, when people really accomplish stuff and then they go to these events where like the vibe is like motivated and like people are trying to get stuff done and you're in a room with people who are, you know, they're, they're, they're moving in a direction that is positive. They generally tend to want to lend their advice to somebody. And if you approach somebody, just like, yo, really appreciate what you did. And don't be a dummy about it. Like have, have a little bit of awareness about who the person is. Don't insult them, but be like, yo, love that talk that you gave on this, this, this one certain thing you said really hit home with me. Would love if you could like just dig into that a little bit more or provide some value to them and just be like, Hey, I can, I can see that, you know, you do business in this area. I actually work in an area where there's a lot of folks who probably would benefit from that. Do you got some of your card that I could share with some people in my network? You know, maybe you'll get a couple of leads, like just strictly trying to do something that's positive for the other person or asking them uh, clearly and candidly for like advice on a specific thing. Don't just ask people like, what did it mean to you to, to like finally make it? Like, that's a, that's a dumb question. Yeah, um, that's a dumb question because like, then they're just going to say some fluff that you probably could go online and like Google any of their interviews or, or you could just Google that and figure out like, it doesn't move the needle for you to ask yeah. a fluffy question. Like ask real questions. Like, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm thinking about my career and, you know, what was the biggest challenge you made when you went from being like a, a solo contributor to somebody who manages people? Like, did you see, did you feel like more responsibility to the point where you start working outside of work hours or like, you know, I, I got two opportunities and one of them is close to home and the other one's far away. And I'm not really sure where either of them could live. Like, what, what kind of things would you consider making that decision? Like, ask real questions about real life stuff people could tell you thought about, and they'd be happy to work with you. It's just when people waste time and they ask stupid questions like,
1: do you How was love your day?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I don't even know what's a stupid question. Cause do you love what you do is actually a great question. That's a good, that's a great question. It is a great question because a lot of us get into stuff early on for the love. And then we get so caught up in other stuff that we, we take on more and more and more. And then we end up doing something that doesn't look remotely like what we started doing. Yeah, and and so when I find people who are super, super high up, like high ranking people, I always try to ask them lifestyle questions. You Mm -hmm. know, like how do you make time for your family when you have three different businesses that you're accountable for? Like the bottom line is top of mind all the time. Like how do you like what do you do when it's birthday time? Do you shut that all down or do like you put your phone on silent? Like how do you manage? all of those things without dropping a glass ball. And, and I ask those kinds of questions because I feel like maybe I'm not at the stage yet, but at least it'll let me know if that's a road that I really want to walk down.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I got, I got a, I, I saw this tweet. I'm going to share my screen very quickly. Uh, can you see my screen? There she blows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 50 ways to start a conversation with anyone. And I was kind of reading through this, but we'll. Uh, maybe I'll link this in the show notes. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Uh, but like, be the first to say hello, introduce yourself to others, take risk, and anticipate success. Like that's all about confidence, right there. Uh, but what's the risk? What's the risk of talking to somebody? I, the risk is only that they say no, and I don't have enough time. I think that's the only thing, and I think that's a very small risk that you should be able to take it. Like you're. I think something like one thing I used to feel to myself. I'm like, yo. Like when I was in, when I was when I was younger and I was you know trying to talk to girls in the club and things, um, I would I would right <laughs> uh, uh, I, I would be like yo yo I should go holler at that girl and like like I said yo I'm a I'm like a chronic overthinker like I'll probably think of the whole conversation in my head so I'm prepared before I even go do it but eventually I'll just be like man that girl is very bad this is my only opportunity what's the worst she can say is no so I'm like yo I'm gonna go do it. And I think that that to some people, depending on your level of social anxiety or depending on your level of confidence, that might be a small risk. That might be a big risk. But sometimes you got to take that risk because at the end of the day, you're not going to die. And Yo, I feel like as long as I don't thing. die,
0: I'll be fine. Yo, here's a, here's a way to get over it, okay? Let's go. Go, go, go into the deepest, darkest, worst case scenario. Just go into it, right? Mm. And I think this is also why everybody should work in sales for at least six months. But like, going to the worst, worst, worst case scenario, okay? You're working in Foot Locker. Someone walks into the store and you say, hey, how's it going? You looking for anything? And they say, no, man, shut up. You're so annoying. Like, how much worse than that could it be? And after they say that, you feel a little burned. And then you're like, you know what? That guy probably didn't eat his Wheaties this morning. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm in the mall. A lot of people probably watch that. They might be a little embarrassed, but I might get sympathy from the next person because then I could talk to that person and be like, hey, last guy was a little upset. Just checking in to see if you're all good. You know, like- That's a good one. What's the worst thing that could happen and go there and imagine it and then be in that spot? And if that's not that bad, then that's all the green light you need to just go ahead and pull the trigger. Because man, most of the stuff that we build up in our mind, especially in talking to strangers or people of authority and all that kind of stuff, they just, like, if you start with a scripted intro, they're going to reply with a scripted reply, like mm-hmm. a scripted answer. Like, exactly, like, you talk to somebody who's super powerful I'm like, hey, uh, nice to meet you, loved your book. Yeah, sure, thanks. Do you want an autograph? <laughs> like, you know, ask yeah. them a real yeah. question and that's how you get a real answer. Yeah, 100%. Yo, uh, here's another thing that I, that, that I, when I was doing
1: my research that came up, um, did you know that how to be more social is, is like a trending search term
0: on Google. Oh, so yeah. the pandemic ended and people forgot how to. It's throw- actually
1: fun. Like if you actually look out, let me, let me pull this up. Cause if you actually look at the trend, it literally looks like it blew up like right as the pandemic kind of ended. So when when you when would you say
0: that pandemic ended around like end of twenty twenty one, start beginning twenty twenty two. That's a loaded question, but I don't know if about no Fib- Fibonacci retracement lines or or no uh, <laughs> resistance and support lines, but that seems to steadily be trending up into the right, yeah, like, at range least from- bound. Yeah, from a, from a,
1: from a, like a, what, last five years? It's Hold been on, trending up. go
0: to each of those low points. Is there a common month that it, it hits a low point? Like, what's that? December, so go de- to the next, December, December, go to the next one, December. Yeah, so basically people try to get more social in the summertime when that's like peak meeting people time, I guess, huh? Yeah. You and can, then in the draw that conclusion maybe in the in the winter time everybody's booed up and they're uh, just with their family so they want to be on their phone all day,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, it's 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 definitely something that like the world is is this the world I've come yeah worldwide that people are definitely trying to be more social, trying to meet new people, um, and whether that's for relationships, friendships, business relationships. I think one of the key skills, I was actually, I was talking about this, uh, I, I tweeted this earlier. I said, one of the things that I love about video games is that it helps you build your creativity skills, helps you build your analytical skills. You combine that with communication skills and confidence, you could pretty much do anything in the world.
0: Yeah. Yo, have you actually, you talk about this as a trending search. Did you actually search this? I just looked, I searched this and I pulled up the top. Uh, search result for yeah. how to be more social. What is it? Um, it says <clears throat> pandemic awkwardness holding you back. 10 tips to rediscover your social self. And after a super long preamble about some obvious stuff that we probably already know, it says, number one, improve your emotional intelligence, put yourself mm-hmm. in their shoes Number two, look inwards. Pay attention to your emotions. Number three, practice effective communication skills. Use tactics like active listening and open body language to demonstrate attentiveness. Yeah. Four, fake it till you make it. Try acting like you're more social peers. Even if it's just small talk, it will become easier over time. Number five, ask more than you speak, which is probably the most important one yeah, and ask, open o- ask open-ended, open-ended yeah. questions instead of yes, no questions. That's like that whole improv thing. Have you ever taken an improv or like yeah. drama class? Oh man, I love that class. I, I was
1: really good at that class.
0: You're never allowed to say no, it's always yes and. Yeah. Anyways, um, number six, give compliments. I swear my dad was a master of this one. <laughs> this is a ma- the master of this one. You'd be like at the cash register and be like, wow, I ain't never seen nobody open it till like that. You're just like, what?
1: So, <laughs> hey, that's a good one, though.
0: You got to get a, I, that, get a laugh people, out of anybody. Nah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It brings the wall down, man. For sure. And then be polite is number seven. Number eight, open body language, nonverbal communication. And number nine, read the news. So many conversations revolve around current events. And number 10, don't let your thoughts get the best of you, Jimmy. It's okay yeah. to feel a little anxious, but don't let it get the best of you. You're not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Ooh. And then, oh, 11, eleven—the bonus. Start small. Start by spending time in a coffee shop or practicing your conversation skills with family members. I don't know if people really do that. Um, hey, I would be practicing conversations with myself sometimes.
1: <laughs> I if that if it works, I, I talk to myself a lot. I'm 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 gonna admit it. I, I I'm not scared of it, but I feel like it. I feel one thing that on that list that's super important: read the news. But in general, just take in interesting stuff. Like the more interesting you are as a person, the more mm. interesting you are to have a conversation with. Like just think about any conversation you've been, like like if you've been at a party or you've been at a coffee shop or whatever, wherever you meet people. If you just know interesting stuff, you could come you you could pretty much jump into any conversation. You know something about space and you're talking to an astronaut yeah hey, you could you could you could talk a little bit about uh, space and the stars or whatever it might be. If you're into sports. And you meet an athlete, you could talk about sports. I feel like that's why I love podcasts. That's why I like reading. I read random articles that pop up on my my little Google feed. I'll just read random articles because like, if I know just one interesting fact, I can use that in in some sort of conversation later on in the future. And that right. just makes you more interesting. It makes you more well-rounded person and just step out of your comfort zone.
0: So, yo, we talked about going to where the great people are to kind of accelerate yourself. Um, I think it's, it'd be a good point to kind of just talk about like the benefits. Cause we talk about what you do, like you go there and like how to break the ice and meet people. We talked about all that, the social awkwardness and whatnot, but why go to an event in the first place? Like, what is, what are you hoping to get in return? Um, yeah. I think that's, that, that would kind of crystallize the whole point.
1: Yeah. For me personally, if I'm ever interested in going to an event, it's number one, the people that I can meet. I always feel like iron sharpens iron. And if somebody else is a sharper than you, you're just gonna be a little bit more sharper after. Like I don't, I don't think if somebody else is sharper, you're not gonna get duller. That's all I can say. So you know what I'm saying? Iron is iron. I, I, you know, I'm I've, I've trying to get in your bag a little bit. I'm practicing. I think the more <laughs> I practice, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get. The just more, the more you sharpen. Closer. The more you
0: sharpen, the more sharper you'll be.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, that working is number one. Uh, number two. I love learning from people who have who have done things that I'm trying to accomplish. Uh, the keynote speakers, uh, the people that are...
0: Yo, hold on one second. second. guys getting a ping from Hello? the keynote speaker right now. Madness. Yeah, yeah, you right now? Oh,
1: no,
0: this no, episode no. was brought to you by the yeah, good people well. at...
1: Back. All right, I'll be back. Uh, bye.
0: Zoom Video. Yeah guys out here reading ad copy i'm practicing for when we blow up
1: real talk
0: have Um, you ever been on a zoom meeting and everybody freezes okay go ahead (laughs)
1: that's that's internet
0: you gotta get better internet shout out uh bleep that out because they didn't pay for
1: this (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh top 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 yeah number one definitely networking number two meeting people who have accomplished things that i want to accomplish i feel like at conferences It's the one time where, you know, people are seeking information or seeking solutions. And I think that is like the best time to talk to people who are on a level that you want to reach because they know, Hey, I'm coming to this conference to share knowledge. I'm coming to this conference to help people bridge gap between what they know and what they don't know. And so I think those two things are the number one. And then the third one is to have fun, have fun, step outside of your comfort zone, do something that you've never done before go sightseeing, meet new people, meet friends, try out different things. It doesn't always all have to be about
0: business and getting to the next goal uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. But, you know, if you go there with a purpose, you're definitely going to be a lot more likely to get something out of the event. So if you do go there and it is your, your, your mission is to shake hands with people who are also building small businesses because you want to create some kind of like support network mastermind group then you're going to start those conversations and you're going to lead those conversations into that direction or if you are looking for clients you're going to go there with a kind of different thing in the back of your mind so maybe not opening every single conversation and trying to sell somebody but like you're kind of like sizing people up while you're talking to them and then if it so fits then you're able to be like hey by the way and then I think just generally speaking and what I try to do mostly when I go to these events is like, I'm just trying to learn what is one tool that I can add into my tool belt to make me more productive or make me more efficient at what I'm doing. Cause I I have my goals set, what I want to do in my career. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to run, I'm trying to run a pro sports franchise sooner than later, meaning and sooner to me, because I think, I think on like decade scale, you know, sooner to me just means I want to have a good. 25 year run at what I do. And so, you know, work backwards from retirement and you can figure out how long I I need to, how long I have before I get into that spot to have that kind of run um, being in my early thirties. But yeah, like I, I just want to add to my tool belt and become more efficient before more effective as a producer, as somebody who operates as somebody who leads people. And, Whenever there's folks who do those things at a high level, I just want to listen. Like I've, I've heard stories about Denzel Washington taking acting classes now, like currently at these times, even after all the years, all the success, all the blockbuster movies, all the classics, he will still go and take like these classes Mm -hmm. from people who have accomplished far less than him, which is, is to say that like, he should be the one teaching the class yeah but he goes to learn because if he can just add something small it's like the same reason why we we talk about the nba a lot but guys in the nba have a shooting coach because even though they've shot more shots than we could if we if we woke up today and started shooting we would never be able to shoot as many shots as the guys in the nba because of the years and years and years and years of daily volume that they've put up yeah um but they still have shooting coaches you know what i'm saying so i think going and getting around people who are just elite elite speakers, elite leaders, elite builders. Um, there's always going to be a, nug- a nugget to pull out if you're looking for nuggets to pull out. Yeah, I always say
1: keep one person who's way better than you around. <laughs> keep one person who's on the same level as you that's trying to get to that next level with you. And then keep one person below you that you can pull up because you can reinforce what you've learned by teaching somebody below you. I think I feel like you got to have those three around you one person who's way up where you're trying to be, one person who's on the same level as you, you guys can grind together. You're trying to reach the same goal. And then one person below you that you could pull up with you as you're going on your journey. I feel like those three, those
0: three people right there will keep you sharp, keep you on your toes. Xbox, clip that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy. So um, how, do you, how do you do this? Do you go to events? Would you ever create your own event? Absolutely.
1: I would love to create my own event and just invite all the greatest minds that I know that I've been influenced by and just bring them all into one place
0: and just be like, yo, either bless me or
1: bless the people that came with me because well, I know I'm
0: going to learn from them. Well, you know, there's there's OK. Well, first of all, there's kind of like three different types of of um, environments you can create for these types of like groups to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, one would be just like pure peer meetup, which is yeah. a we all are into the same common thing. There's a time and a place we're going to get together. I'm going to make sure there's like food and drinks there. And we're just going to get in a room with people we know have something in common. And so that's, that's a meetup. Those are pretty in like niche interest groups. Those are pretty popular. Yeah. And they don't have to be about like personal development. It could be about Pokemon cards. It could be about Honda Civics. You know, it could be about whatever um then there's of course conferences like we talked a lot about and those take many forms like some of them are like long weekends like unleash the power within is probably the most famous conference in America with Tony Robbins it's like a multi-day personal growth thing where like people walk on fire and like they talk about just getting a whole different like purpose in life and yeah those ones are i think that's like one end of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum would be like you know um uh, an i a, a, a sales conference where people are teaching you like very tactical things. It's not it's not as like get motivated and hyped up. It's more like tactical things, yeah, like industry specific. And then like the last kind of environment that you could join or create would be like a, a community. And so that's more along the lines of like a mastermind group or of just like a social group that revolves around a certain topic. So um, you could do these kinds of things in Discord. You could yeah. have like monthly Zoom calls. Or you could have, like, I'm in a book club. That's and hilarious. so I'm in a book club with a bunch of other guys who are, we're all, like, from completely different walks of life. We just happen to live within, like, an hour and a half drive of each other. And so there's there's guys who are in politics. There's a guy who, a couple guys who, like, own a gym. There's a guy who, you know, works in a union and, like, builds stuff with his hands. There's, like, some scientists. There's, like, an anesthesiologist. There's, like... <laughs> there's all like, it's a crazy blend of people, um, but we're all into books. you know. Yeah. What I'm saying And then that leads us to different things, but you can find a different mode for whatever lifestyle you have. So if it's the event that you want, if it's like the social kind of like meetup that you want, or if it's um, like the continuous community thing that you want virtual or in-person, those are different ways of creating this same effect. And if you can't find one, you can create one. And if you do it right, you can make a lot of money doing it too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I got a question for you.
1: Uh, you're, you're, you, have, you have access to anybody in the world and you're putting on one conference. It's going to be the greatest conference of all time.
0: Who is your number one keynote speaker and who are your four panelists? Yo, I'm almost, I'm not even sure if I want to do a keynote, or if I want to do a fireside chat where I could talk to the person and we can just have like a one-on-one in front of everybody. All
1: right, switch it up. No keynote. You got a one-on-one mm. with the one person that you're going to invite. And then after that, there's going to be a panelist of four people you're asking, fire, like a Q&A from the crowd. Yeah. Who are your, your, your one person, that number one person, and then the four after?
0: I think my number one person would be Pharrell Williams. Because he's a person who has been timeless, he's been successful in many industries, he's done fashion at a high level with multiple different brands, he's done products, Um, he's done movies, in terms of like the soundtracks for movies, he's done all different genres of music from like, the most gangster of rap to like, pop music to children's music. And he just feels like he has no boundaries. And I would just love to tap into like the way that he approaches the world and how, how do you not sound like anybody else to the point where you could be in a room with everybody else? Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can't contain that man in, in a boundary and draw a line around him and say, he is this because he's yeah. not he's he's just everything. So that would be probably my main guy. And then other folks who I would want to learn from, I'd probably put together a panel of like Maverick Carter, Master P, um yeah. and and maybe like Rick Rubin and um let me think of one last person because I I I don't I hate wasting these kinds of opportunities to just <laughs> do dream teams. And I probably say like Akon. Ooh. Cause Akon is a seriously slept on businessman. Like yeah. he built he did an infrastructure project. Um, I can't remember which nation he's from. Um, but like he did this infrastructure project where they they built like they gave like light to like mm-hmm. like tens of thousands Heard of, this, of yeah. people in like the cities around where he is from. Like they brought like Real infrastructure like lights, like light poles, like like electricity to like whole cities. You know what I mean? Like think of the scale of that project. He didn't create a a, like a a CD. Like he he laid down wires and gave people who were (laughs) in the dark light. Like that is one of the most high impact things that I've ever heard of. Like he sold all his jewelry at one point in time. He just had like his earrings only left. uh, That's definitely
1: a prolific move right there.
0: Absolutely. You know, if Nipsey was alive, he would be on the list because he's a person who's like basically parlayed his music into a number of of, um, different brand assets and whatnot. And just like, if I could get in a room with all those folks, I don't even know what I would ask them particularly, but just from what they were able to do and like cross over, like Maverick was a guy who just was an intern. Mm -hmm. You know, Master P was a guy who he's created like instant rice. He's, he's done basket. He played, he had a contract with the Toronto Raptors and played professional basketball. He was like one of the first independent music artists. How do yeah. you learn how to run a record label by yourself? How'd you learn that? You know, so um, those are the people who would, I, I would put in, put myself in a room with uh, just because I feel like after the conversations, I would have no choice, but to just think bigger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, that's really what getting around great people is all about. Like they just open your mind to a whole new possibility. Uh, their perspectives are amazing. And one thing that I love, uh, this J. Cole line, you got to dream like you've never seen obstacles. Mm. I feel like when you get around great people, they actually make obstacles look like, like almost like like a little, like a, like a little puddle. Like, yo, this is how you get around this puddle. It's not even like a big wall anymore. And they share so many great insights. That's why I love listening to podcasts. If you can't meet them in person, listen to their podcasts, read their books. That's what I love doing because they they share these gems with you that are like, I don't have to actually get into the room with you because you're literally laying it all out for me in a blueprint. So that's why I really love these resources. I love going to conferences whenever I get the chance. I'm actually going to be going to a conference in October, which is going to be exciting, getting around some people in the tech industry in Toronto, Canada. So that would be very exciting for me. Um, Any last words, any last quotables for us as we wrap this thing up?
0: Uh, you know, this is just like ancient wisdom almost to this point. So it's nothing crazy, but I've found a lot of success in my life by just treating every single person that you meet like they're the most, imper- most important person that you're going to meet that day. And, you know, you can't go wrong that way. You're sowing good seeds. And it's always good to remember that eventually, no matter good or bad, you always reap what you sow. I like it.
1: Hey, that's it for the podcast. Hey, make sure you guys leave a rating, leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.